All right, we're back with the man from down under, the craziest travel in the game, a whole nother continent. He's back. It's my roommate. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Love the introduction. That was uh, class A. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, he was gone for a while. He went to Australia, a place of many experiences in many different flavors. Um, so with that being said, we're just going to jump into it because it's action packed. Um, what was the first thing that you realized once you got to Australia? Uh, the first thing I realized, besides obviously talking a lot differently than 99% of everybody there was, um, well, so I got there and that was the day of the postal vote for, uh, equality of marriage. So, um, basically Australia sent out a whole bunch of postal votes and people sent back voting on, uh, if gay marriage should be legalized. And that was a resounding yes. So the first day in Sydney, there was a lot going on with a jet lagged dude. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty crazy that you came in on such a historic day, potentially, that I'm th in my mind, I picture a bunch of photos being taken and you being in the background and that being taught to all their schools over the next few years and you being the interesting guy in the background. <laughs> well, I I mean, that would be cool if I kind of like was immortal in that way. Um, I always thought it would be for like, you know, uh, taking down a jet fighter, but <laughs> not not a guy in the background of the marriage equality. So you land on marriage equality day and, or the vote passing and what is the scene around you or some of the experiences that occur? Oh, all right. So I have a story for that for sure. So, uh, when I land and before I, uh, but when I land and when I get my Uber to go to my Airbnb, I was talking to my Uber driver and he was saying that, Oh, this is a good day to like be here. There's going to be a lot happening because of the vote. And with that vote, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, what was this vote about? Oh, marriage equality. Um, like, like basically it was for the rights to, for gays to like our same sex marriage. And I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, good for you guys. And that's kind of like all I like gave as far as the weight to it. But the second that I kind of like started walking on the streets and like seeing people and stuff, it was definitely a lot bigger experience than I really kind of thought in my head. So did they like, was the town kind of all the, all their colors and people out and about or? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the first thing I recognized, the very first thing was I was just walking on the street, um, and I see like four or five dudes and they all have like the same t-shirt. And what it is, is a black t-shirt with the outline of Australia, a rainbow flag. And it said, yes to equality. And as they were walking down the street, like they were like, you know, obviously in a good mood. And then I heard somebody from like a shop or a house say, hey, congrats, fellas. And then they all like said thanks and were like, obviously had a victorious look on their face. And uh, a little further down the road, I mean, there was rainbow flags like everywhere, like in planters, in like on like big flagpoles, uh, like posters, stickers. Dude, it was uh, it's quite the quite the ensemble they created so you're being jet lagged and there's all this stuff going on I imagine it's just kind of like an overwhelming like wow 
I'm in Australia and they did something that's super historic and you're just trying to find, you know, like some cool places and get, get around. Um, did you stumble upon any cool places that first day? Oh yeah. I mean, I stumbled upon like some very interesting eateries and stuff like that. Uh, the thing about Australia, it's hard to say like, oh, this was a cool place and this was not a cool place because everything was like super different and with being different, that's why I was there basically to experience something different. So it didn't necessarily need to be cool, but everything in Sydney that I came across was pretty damn cool. So <laughs> and I know, I know you talked about getting something to eat on that first day. Um, and you were saying that the portion size was a little different. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a lot smaller than I was hoping to be. And granted, this is a guy, like a bigger guy who was walking around all day, hasn't had anything to eat since like 6 a.m. that day on the plane, like a little sandwich and some M&Ms or something. <laughs> and so I was just kind of looking for something to like, you know, like eat. But regardless, I mean, short of it not being a lot to eat, it was damn tasty. So, so, so the layout of that trip. So you get there and you're in a few different places. What places did you go to and what were you just kind of like with those? In fact, was there any certain sites you wanted to see or? Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, obviously you go to Sydney and it's almost synonymous with uh, like the opera house specifically. And then uh, if, around there is Darling Harbor and the Harbor Bridge. Uh like the actual cityscape of it all. Like you can see, like there's just, cause it's more of the business. Um, so talking to people, they said, uh, Sydney kind of had a New York vibe to it. And I mean, I could definitely see that just because like the hustle and bustle of the inner city, I mean, people were in suits and they were like, just like walking, uh, walking to get to work or walking to get something to eat so they can get back to work. I mean, it just definitely had this like, uh, more of a business and almost not a very, I wouldn't say like super serious, but definitely a, I'm here to get stuff done vibe. Okay. So. I guess seeing that too, I could see it being a big city and there's a lot of attraction. It's probably a lot to take in. Um, did you ever find yourself in that first Sydney portion, um, reaching out to people or talking to people to like get a view of the town or were you just kind of cruising solo and isolating yourself? Um, well, regardless if I really wanted to cruise solo and isolate myself, there were some people that kind of, uh, like, uh, reached out to me, so to speak. And I feel like this one, it's going to kind of like tail back around to the, uh, equality, uh, of marriage thing, but I'll say it anyway. It's a good story. So, uh, uh, along with seeing like, this was right after I saw the guys in the, in the black, uh, yes, for equality t-shirts. And, uh, I kept on walking for a little bit and I got to this town square and I had my sunglasses on. It was a bright, sunny day. And like being a tourist and new there, I really didn't want to like, you know, like I just kind of wanted to stay in my own bubble for a little bit until I was like ready to like, you know, experience all these different things. And um, so I'm walking and out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy. And I think it like a 
just nothing any nothing like out of the ordinary uh which is saying something because i mean with that equality there was rainbow flag stuff and another thing i didn't mention was sometimes there was guys dressed as like dressed in dresses so you'd see that too and this guy was very normally dressed uh, but the thing that was very interesting was so he was walking we're walking opposite directions and then he like kind of glanced at me or in my direction and then like like did a real glance and uh then like beelined it for me and so like i was trying to play it cool i was like oh i am <laughs> i don't want to talk to this guy <laughs> so what i did was i like sped up and uh positioned myself in between like an old dude and and me and this guy and so i was like okay so i got this human shield i should be good um and then, like, so eventually he gets around, like, eight feet away from me, and uh, he says, hey, sir. And I didn't stop, <laughs> but the old guy stopped, and I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> and um, so then he said, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but he was like, oh, no, not you. <laughs> and then the second he said that, I was like, oh, okay, the jig's up. <laughs> I'm done for. Um, and then he said, you, and pointed at me, and so... The first thing he said, like, obviously I was expecting something like either like, oh, I need directions to a place or like, hey, do you have money or something like that? But uh, the first thing he said was, will you marry me? And I was shell shocked. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I didn't expect it at all. Um, and with that response, I think I said something like out of just being like side, like blindsided, I was like, uh, I'm so flattered, but, uh, it's not really my cup of tea, <laughs> but if I find somebody out here that kind of looks like me, I'll definitely point them in your direction. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things I think about too, is like, this is probably one of the more first on civilian encounters besides your Uber driver and Airbnb guy where that dude had to have recognized immediately like, Oh wow, this dude is from the States and doesn't have, you know, or doesn't have a, has a different accent than around here, even though they are pretty diverse. Um, did he comment on your accent at all or did he just kind of carry into a, Oh, certainly. And like, that's one thing that like you got to realize, especially over there, whenever I had a conversation, probably at least 80% of my conversations. The second I said, like after we were done talking about the main topic of whatever I asked them about or whatever they asked me about, it was like, where are you from? And even sometimes like in that 80%, I couldn't even finish what I was actually asking about or they were actually asking about it. It would just be like, Hey, do you know the directions to here or there? And they'd be like, Oh, where are you from? And I, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then, so in that day also, or not in that day, but in those span of a few days, you also make it down to the opera house. Um, what was like seeing that like from TV to real life and kind of learning more about it or just actually just seeing the size? Well, um, uh, I, when I did see it, it was pretty, it was very, very interesting because, uh, I mean, it's very popular to see like a silhouette of it or yeah, you're right. Like TV shows or movies or whatever, but it's like, it's a lot more grand, I would say in real life. And it almost has this like, um, like bigger, bigger than you expect in almost an awe striking way about it. Um, and it's just cause I mean, it's just such an interesting building and how it's built and everything and, uh, doing a little bit more research on it beforehand. Uh, 
I realized that um, the actual opera house, like people didn't want to perform in there because the acoustics for that place are hideous. Like it's really bad acoustics. So they were like demanding that it like basically the acoustic like place inside of it get redone so that it doesn't sound like like doesn't make them sound like crap, you know? That's a uh, that's interesting because you'd think like at first when you're building something that grand you'd its purpose you check first like acoustics and sound but maybe you just build it and then you fix it I guess yeah I don't know well the guy that was uh, I was talking to a, a guy from Sydney uh, around that same day and uh, when I saw it and he was saying that that was built not by an Australian by I believe a Norwegian hmm. so not somebody it's not like an Australian built and made thing it was a kind of like a hodgepodge of this guy came from somewhere else and you know had the mastermind about it yeah so you spend your first couple days in sydney and then you make your next journey where do you head to so i fly out to melbourne australia and that's in uh, the victoria state so like if you can think about it on like a, a mental map Sydney is on the coastline up like a north east a little bit or middle of the middle of the thing east middle of this place east <laughs> and uh, on the coast and then Melbourne is like down the coast if you keep on going down and almost like uh directly south okay so was there anything that kind of you could see a difference between Melbourne and Sydney like sometimes you see in between US cities or did it seem similar or oh no and uh before I even got to Melbourne uh, a thing that people told me over and over again was like oh that's like the fashion and art district of Australia like that's where it's at so you'll see a lot more like uh performing things or it's going to be more artistic more theatrical and they even said that the people were nicer which was like when I heard it at time at the time I was like no way because I mean the people in Sydney were so nice yeah Yeah, I think that would probably be, I mean, it's probably shocking to go there three days and have enough experiences, some we didn't touch on, that make, you know, noticeable that people are really nice and that they'll, you know, save you if you're getting beat up and whatnot. But I feel like to hear that and then go to another city that you've never been to and that's what the people from the other place are saying is kind of shocking. Yeah, exactly. And maybe it's just because, like, the the metric is what I'm used to over here. I'm not saying that, uh, in America, everyone's mean to each other, but it's definitely seemed like it was more of like the, it was very, very kind people that I ran into in Australia. And maybe it was, I didn't get it a large enough sample size, but regardless if I did or not, like that's my opinion of my personal experience there. But to talk about Melbourne, um, it's, it's a very, very like interesting place. And I like, so I flew into an airport a little bit out of the ways. And so then I like took a bus in and, uh, the bus in, it kind of like gave me a good mental image of what Melbourne was like. And, uh, it kind of struck me as a place in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> to be frank, a place in the middle of nowhere. And granted, like, uh, so Sydney's probably one of the younger towns, uh, or cities. And then Melbourne's much older than Sydney. So, I mean, it's more concreted and permanent in its place. Like it has a little more heritage and things aren't as new, so to speak. But, uh, 
Dude, wow. Yeah, it was just kind of like you were driving middle of nowhere. It's just flat land. You'd see like mountains like hundreds of miles out of the the scene. And then you saw just started seeing like these huge buildings, like really, really big. I wouldn't call them like skyscrapers, but like junior skyscraper buildings. Would you say from like just based on looks that the city was kind of more modern or kind of had like a classic feel to it? Um, there was definitely uh, feels of both. Like, for instance, um, there would be very modern buildings and like uh, very like artistically driven or aesthetically driven like architecture. But at the same time, you'd see like very like a very, very classic, um, like classic German church. And then like a very old like with the flying buttresses and everything and then you'd see like this giant like mirror building right like right beside it that's like 200 feet tall so sounds like melbourne's kind of living up to its artistic or creative kind of more performing you know sides of the continent or the country um what are some of the things that stuck out to you as you're going through melbourne and traveling and um, so when, when I, all right, so I'll kind of compare it to Sydney. When I was in Sydney, uh, I was really like, there was a lot of different people there and just a whole sort of like, dude, I don't know where he's from. He looks like he's not from here or somewhere else. And so does she. And like, so there was a very, very like, uh, pre- big presence of, uh, amalgam of people from different places very eclectic and in Melbourne like one of the things that first stood out to me um I'm not sure why but it was like very especially in the in the city city there was like mainly one or two like races that stood out like heavily more than others and that was like a I would say it was like um like maybe like Asian like uh so my Airbnb person was from Indonesia but like I saw a lot of like uh like Japanese and Chinese people there, which I was kind of taken back on because I was first thinking it would just be like Sydney where there would be just a whole bunch of different people. But I think in the city of Melbourne, there was just a lot more, which was very interesting and led to a lot of good Chinese food in my case. So did you notice like, uh, like you're saying a lot of Chinese food. So there is a heavy influence of those cultures in Melbourne. Oh, certainly. And I mean, uh, they have their own like, uh, Chinatown, which is like sizable, not like huge or anything, but, uh, yeah, and you could see, I mean, you could see just different cultures in the, but I mean, once you move out of like the city, city where I was, like the inner city, and you kind of walk a little ways to like where the Victoria Museum is and stuff like that, it kind of starts to change a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's so weird that there's like almost like little clusters of like high densities of culture in certain pockets of Melbourne. And so, how, so how are you traveling around these cities? Like I assume you're taking Uber and you're walking quite a bit. Yeah. So, um, the, in Sydney, I took a little bit more Ubers. I took three Ubers in Sydney in my three days. And, uh, but after that last day, I kind of decided that I'll either, I'm either doing it by public transport or I'm just going to walk there. 
and I feel like the reason why is because I wanted to see a little bit more of the culture. And if I just Uber places and I don't walk around as much, and that was like my main mode of transportation, my two legs and feet, uh, then I'd kind of miss out on stuff. So what was one of your goals in Melbourne to see or experience? Um, well, I mean, the the real long-standing goal when I travel is to experience culture. So that's that's the first and foremost thing. So I walk around, try to get lost and experience culture. Another goal of mine was to uh, take a few particular like pictures and um, some very specific places. So there's a place called, uh, uh, I think, Hauser Lane or Hooser Lane, and it's a place that's like it's next to in the buildings but it's like filled with uh graffiti and like just like this like amazing art and so i went there i got there i saw the victoria museum which is a place i wanted to see um unfortunately i didn't get to brighton beach which is a, a little ways away from melbourne but yeah i saw a few things and like my goal was to see things but more importantly experience stuff yeah, and I think it's also something that's pretty cool that like when I first <clears throat> knew you were going, I wasn't necessarily thinking about it. But like while I was over here and it was 50 degrees, uh, maybe 49 in our house at one point um, <laughs> that you were in Australia, Sydney, Melbourne, and it's like spring going into summertime over there. Yeah, certainly. And that was a not so nice wake up call when I got back was even in L.A. Like so where I last was and we'll talk about that more. It was about like 78, 80, 75 with an ocean breeze and coming from L.A. That was like a, a middle 60. I was like, what in the what is this? Take me back right now. I was not feeling it. And then it even got colder when I got to Oregon. So, and then it got the coldest when he walked our home. Um, so back to Melbourne, you're checking out all the art. I think it's really cool that like all these different places, you know, the art is really focused on, or it's kind of more, I don't know if it's more accepted, but it's more pronounced. I guess in, when you're in the city of LA, you see it around there, but it's kind of here and there as it sounds like there's just some cool spots that have, you know, this influence graffiti or like fashion or art forward type of city. Um, did you see any kind of like crazy outfits or things when you're in Melbourne or just like something that you're like, wow, this is forward. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that was one of the great things about it is like, I would never say any of the outfits were crazy, but all of them basically almost like 70% of the outfits there were of something that I wouldn't see like normally and just worked like they they definitely have a sense of style and if i ever i did a little bit of shopping there but some of the stores there were pretty like pretty nice and expensive <laughs> yeah so is this where when do you kind of see like the because i know the exchange rate was slightly in the favor of the usd when mm. you went um did you find the prices to be in your favorite is still pretty similar to like you or higher. Um, well it was a city, so you got to imagine maybe a little bit of higher cost of living. So some of those things were a little bit higher than maybe somewhere that's not a metropolis like Melbourne, 
But for the most part, it was kind of nice. And I, I got used to telling my brain that that wasn't the price that was on the tag. Mm -hmm. And so eventually I kind of got better at saying like, all right, so 75% of this is blank or 76%. And that was the currency exchange rate for a dollar us. Okay. And then, so I guess that too is like, you're walking around and taking Ubers. What types of like, what is the popular model of car there? And like, where are they driving? Are they on the other side of the road? What are they? Oh yeah. So, I mean, they drive on the left side with uh, their driver's side on the right side, which was uh, quite a thing to get used to. Um, uh, in Australia there, they don't really have, I mean, the one thing that they have different over there is Holden. So they have Holden, which is kind of like a, a ute is what they call it. So it's like, have you ever seen the car trucks before? Yeah. Like a front end, front end of a car and then like just a pickup bed. Yeah. So they, there is a quite a bit of those, a little bit more, not in the cities, but, uh, you'd still see them in like Toyota Hiluxes, which would be the equivalent of like a, maybe a, tundra or tacoma something kind of like a sizable pickup truck and i know tacoma isn't but granted over there they didn't have any like ford f-150s or uh like any like heavy duty caliber trucks okay okay so now that you've kind of gone through melbourne a little bit i know your next stop was kind of one of the reasons that influenced you to go to australia you had like some sort of connection there where did you end up going and like who were like who was the connection or how did that connection come about? Yeah, good question. So uh, the place I ended up going for my last stop and I stayed the longest was Adelaide, Australia. And that's a little bit more to the left of Melbourne. And I know Melbourne was a little bit uh, south and left of Sydney or west and south of Sydney. And then this place was even a little tiny bit more south and a lot more west of Melbourne. And the reason that I went there was because I do have a connection. So two people I played college basketball with uh, are Australian. And I like got really, really close to them. And when we all graduated, uh, we always like we kept in touch and they were pushing me to get out there and see what it was like out there. And wanting to travel a lot, I was definitely uh, more, um, you know, like more impressionable on that point in the fact that I was more definitely more open to travel and I intended to travel there eventually. Um, so that's the reason they got me out there. Unfortunately, um, one, they both happened to stay in the same place for a little bit. And then one, uh, started playing basketball in Norway. So I didn't get to see him, but I did spend time with his family and they are just extraordinary people. But anyway, that's what got me to Adelaide. Okay, so now you're in Adelaide and you've met with your connection over there, your your friend from college and current friend. Um, how so now you're actually with like a local that you're comfortable with. Um, what are some of the things they're taking you to do or experience or like kind of pushing you from away from maybe something not pushing you away, but pushing you towards something more local and yeah, definitely. And maybe even I feel like I didn't get to experience some of the more local things or what I told myself in the, my head was more local just because, I mean, instead of walking places, for the most part, I was driven places and um, like, you know, taken, taken somewhere, experienced something and then taken back instead of kind of like uh, what I used to do is like meander or like kind of just like find my own direction with the wind. 
And uh, so I just did that one day, but instead of doing it two to three days, which I, which is normal. So I would say that it was almost like a, like I gained a lot in this fact that these people knew this area really well. So I was going to places that I wouldn't have been able to go before. So like wine tasting in wine country or, um, you know, specifically head to a zoo, which is about like 20, uh, 20 miles out or something like that, which I wouldn't have been able to do on two feet, or maybe even it would have been tough to swing from an Uber. But, um, so I, I gained some things and, you know, I didn't do some of the things that I was doing before. So, so your Lamborghinis are getting a little rest <laughs> and I know you're, you enjoy wine in the States. What was like wine over there? Like, was it similar, different? Ooh, great question. And that was an amazing time. Uh, we, uh, did some wine tasting, uh, my buddy who was in Norway's dad. And then my other friend who is, uh, who was there at the guy from college. Uh, we did a little bit of wine tasting and, uh, I've kind of, uh, I've done some studying in wine. So it was really fun to see some of the varietals that, uh, I have, I'm a fan of. So for instance, uh, there was some Tempranillo, um, which is a Spanish varietal here. Mm-hmm. Um, well in Spain, but we have some of it where I lo- I'm local to, but there was also like, uh, so I got introduced to uh, GSM and I'm not remembering specifically what its full name is. So I'm not going to try to like go out there <laughs> and butcher something, but, uh, um, in Syrahs, Syrahs. Yeah. It's like Syrahs or Syrahs. It's kind of different because they have an accent or I have the accent. So I say things a little differently. So I'm not sure what the emphasis is on, but, uh, dude. That wine is exquisite, absolutely exquisite. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure. I think it just lends to the fact that it's a very like Mediterranean conditions where they're at, uh, in the wine country as over in Adelaide, but wow. Wow. I was even considering like bringing home some back, but I knew it would have just been the biggest hassle in the world. So I ended up not and drank my weight of it over there. (laughs) So maybe culture based, um, were the pairings the same? Like were you eating similar things with what you're drinking or did they have some different pairings or did you just kind of drink your weight and eat what was around? Um, with the wine specifically. Oh, well, I mean, some of the wine tastings, uh, it was just like, we walked up to the bar and said, Hey, can I try this? And we like, I tried it, but there was one called the black sheep and, uh, it was an extraordinarily beautiful cellar room, um, or cellar door room. And, uh, um, uh, it was like uh, basically this huge water tower that was uh, repurposed to be like a almost all glass um, like tasting room, and uh, and it overlooked all of the vineyards and stuff. And you got to see like this is where the hills and the, a little bit of mountains were. Um, also, uh, with the wine pairings, to get back to your question, uh, they did they were very specific with it, almost almost like over here, like you paired a little bit of lighter wine with maybe goat cheese or something like that. And, uh, then like when you got to a little more flavorful and are not flavorful, but more bigger bodied wine, you pair it with maybe a little bit of a, like a stronger cheese to complement the flavors. But, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that there's anything out of the ordinary. Okay. 
So now you've kind of done the wine tasting. Did you make it to that zoo that was 20 miles out or did you find something? Yeah, yeah, I did. And that was an amazing experience. I'm super happy I did it because at the zoo, uh, what it's specifically, it's called Cleland Zoo. And what a characteristic of Cleland Zoo was is that some of the animals were roaming just free in certain gated areas. So you'd just be walking along and you'd see kangaroos just chilling or you'd see them hopping around or you'd even see emus, which is uh, quite a sight for people who um, aren't used to seeing about five foot eight birds walking around. Staring, staring at you. Yeah. yeah. I'll take that back. It was five foot six. But okay. still, I mean, yeah. it's not it's not something that you want you know, yeah, on your body <laughs> like that. And I know you wanted to hold like a koala or something along the lines. Did you get to do that at that oh, zoo? Oh man! Well, so there, there's kind of a story with that, but um, no, I didn't get to because it was so hot that basically uh, they weren't letting people hold the koalas just just for the health of the koala. So I mean, after I heard that, there was no questions. Obviously, it was kind of unfortunate. But, I mean, those animals' health are more important than a picture that I was going to take, right? Yeah, true. Um, So you've done that. So now you've been in Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide. Um, What was, some of the times you went out at night, rather to like a pub, what was the nightlife like over there? Uh, In specific areas? Yeah, just kind of, if you could, I guess, in either specific areas or just kind of putting it together like a picture of average i guess okay well i mean i feel like i didn't go out enough to do a picture of the average but i'll tell you what i did experience in each city so in sydney um the one time that i experienced a little bit of a pub and unintentionally was uh after like kind of traveling around for a whole day and waking up early i decided to get a burger at this uh pub place and um eventually i was planning on just eating uh, like and then just kind of heading back to my Airbnb and I got there at four had to wait for my burger for a little bit but ended up leaving at nine just because of the people there and I started conversing with them and they were just great and um, definitely more drinks were drinking than were intended but uh, so that was my experience it was a pub thing and it wasn't really like a club scene over there Melbourne it was not much of a, a thing at all like uh, so I walked down to uh, this casino and um I've gotten to this club but it was like as dry as could be so and the fact that there was not a, a large amount of people dancing or like there and also um the music wasn't that good and maybe it was just because of my like attitude at the time but it, it just wasn't that great of a scene so I kind of like was in there for a little bit and walked back um but in Adelaide specifically, I had more of a, you know, club feeling. And that's one of the things I gained, obviously not going alone. I was with uh, a local, my buddy. Um, and I would say that that was a better experience. And I went out twice then got drunk three times. <laughs> but uh, so uh, the one the first time I went out, we went to this place called Fats and uh I'll tell you what, man, um, I'm investing in earplugs for the rest of my life. The next time I go to Australia and go clubbing, because 
that was the loudest experience I've ever had. Yeah. And my ears are ringing for a couple of days. But, I mean, short of that and the aftermath of it, I mean, it was a lively club. Like, people were dancing. The music was good. A lot of, like, house music and, like, dubstep and stuff like that. Uh, so, if you're into that, cool. But if you're not, I'm sure there's other places to go. Um, dude, and it was it was pretty fun. Uh, the The dancing style isn't like it's over here for instance so you wouldn't see as much like dubbing or grinding um over there but you'd see like just a lot more like dancing dancing free yeah exactly so uh that's one thing um but other than that um but also uh, i think it is a little bit more fun but oh to add on to my koala story so i did talk to a girl um, the kind of, it was like, kind of like a, oh, I just met her on my own, but she ended up knowing my buddy. Uh, she, um, she, I was like talking to her and she told me that she has to go to work the next day. And I was like, oh, where do you work? And then she started showing me pictures of these like koalas and like baby kangaroos that she was holding. And I was like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> let me see what I can do here. So she worked at like this, uh, veterinary, like, uh, wildlife hospital and so i was like okay like you know like can this happen like i need to hold these things <laughs> and uh there was talk of it and stuff and i was probably 30 minutes away from going but uh eventually like uh when when the day was planned out uh they took the animals to go and like do a wildlife photo shoot oh. and and that was the last day i was there and oh. they brought him back the day I left. So I couldn't really go and do that, which was really sad. But, you know, I mean, there was two moments of greatness there. I almost got to hold one at the zoo and I almost got to hold one uh, of my own coming. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. So as you said that this is your last day. So you're flying back. What is your main take home or your favorite moment? from the trip to Australia and what is one thing you'd suggest to people who are thinking about going there? Oh, my main take home. I mean, I was still kind of, uh, uh, digesting it. And I honestly, I feel like I still am now, but my main take home is how extraordinarily lucky I was to experience Australia in the kind of the kindest and nicest way I could, uh, specifically as far as the people go. I mean, they're just extraordinary and, uh, uh, I tell people this all the time and I'm, I know it's my own experience, but collectively they were the nicest people I've ever come across in my life and kindest too. I mean, there's something, I mean, there's nice and then there's like truly kind. And those were those, those were those people to me. And, um, other than that, I mean, it's just an extraordinary culture and just how they go about things and how they think about things are so inclusive. And, um, there's no like alienation of any sort of groups or anything like that. And I found that extraordinarily like refreshing and just, uh, something that I wanted to be around a little bit more. But, uh, as far as like traveling alone, I would say that it was probably one of the better experiences I've ever had traveling, like probably at least top two, probably top one. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, the, the reason why is because you get to experience things on your own terms and whenever you like to have them. And if you want to walk a certain direction, uh, and you walk that direction and whenever you want to change directions, you can. 
And that's that's something that I definitely embodied on my trip and uh, I really cherished it. And I'll probably plan on I'm definitely planning on taking another uh, at least a couple more like just solo trips like that. And um, just because of the way that you experience things, granted, like before you go on the solo trip for three months after listening to this, there are some things that are cons, I would say. And one of those things is that. Uh, you don't have as much social interaction as you would like uh, going traveling with some other person. So there was definitely times where I kind of was like, you know, what? I I wish I had something to say to somebody or like, you know, I wanted to talk to somebody just because it would be like hours of not talking to somebody walking this one direction. So, I mean, uh, double edged sword, but one side is definitely sharper than the other. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you had the journey and even maybe a little bit more than you're expecting when you got there with some of the experiences. What do you think your next travel will be? Um, well, without like revealing too many of my cards at this point in time, um, I would say my, my next travel travel, not like my next, like I'm going somewhere yeah. I just live would be Japan. Japan. That's yeah. That's been my, on the list since I was a kid and, uh, definitely going to be happening in the future. Yeah. So there you have it. All the the juicy details to somewhat extent. Um, there's a lot more stories in there. So if you know the man, reach out to him. Um, but we are on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Share it with a friend. Enjoy the podcast. We love doing it and hearing our stories and getting your feedback. Um, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Sounds good, guys. See you later. <laughs>